0: This is Solve It for Kids.
1: Hello, my amazing and curious friends. My name is Jennifer, the Dean of All Things STEM and STEAM, and this is Solve It for Kids, the podcast that gives kids and families a peek inside the real world of scientists, engineers, and experts as they solve problems in their jobs using creativity, cooperation, and critical thinking. And now, please welcome to the show my podcast partner, Galactic Space Geek, Jeff Ganya.
0: Hello, Jennifer, and hello, listeners. Some topics in space and science hit every single body, and this is going to be one of those topics for the next little while.
1: I completely agree. What problem are we solving today?
0: how can you prepare for the total solar eclipse Uh
1: how can you prepare for the total solar eclipse Ooh, these are some questions i have i can't wait to hear the answers who's our guest today jeff
0: our guest today has the answers today we're talking to Dan Schneiderman, he is, listen up, it's a long (laughs) title, but super cool job, the Eclipse Partnership Coordinator at the Rochester Museum and Science Center's Planetarium.
1: Welcome to the show, Dan.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: We are so excited to talk about the solar eclipse. I know we just had kind of a partial eclipse not that long ago, but the big total solar eclipse comes next year in April. Yay! Okay. It is
2: getting here faster and faster every day.
1: Right? It's on its way. All right. So I always like to ask, though, so you're in charge of the solar eclipse as a kid. Did you always... Look at space, and did you see any eclipses?
2: I haven't seen any total solar eclipses in my life. The first partial eclipse I saw, I didn't see till twenty seventeen. But oh, wow. as a kid, yeah. I have always been a space fan. I grew up oh, uh, at the Strassenburg Planetarium, where my office now is. Oh, that's uh, cool! Always, I went stargazing as a kid a lot. I Very, very clearly remember as a kid going out to my grandparents who were in a bit more of a rural area Uh and just like being able to spot like four planets in one night along with the International Space Station. And like that stands out in my mind as one of my favorite memories. That's
0: a pretty good space night. Yeah, I think. Absolutely. That's a good (laughs) space night. So as you were growing up and you were always a space fan, you remember that one night. Was there something, because we're going to link you right back to where you work now, do you have a special memory from being a child at the museum that you now work at?
2: I don't think I have any specific memory because I grew up going here a
0: lot. Uh, I went to
1: camp
2: here. Uh, My family was here, you know, at least once or twice a month. I went on dates with my now wife at the planetarium. Oh, that's uh, nice.
1: I would do uh, that. Yeah.
2: On a weird thing, we haven't figured this out, but we might have gone to camp here at the exact same time.
1: Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Which is
2: just weird. Like, yes, the stars are
1: aligning. There you go. Yeah. So how did you get from as a kid, you know, going to the space museum to working at the space museum? Did you volunteer as a kid or anything like that?
2: I didn't volunteer as a kid. I originally started going, uh, getting into science and STEM based events and STEAM based events at the end of high school. As I got into first robotics, I started helping out with our off season competitions, doing outreach. Yeah, got into more in college helping run events, and then after college, I helped co-start the Maker Fair here in Rochester, and then oh, wow. that kind of led down this whole rabbit hole of running steam-based events all across Rochester, all across New York State. Wow! Uh, even as far as like starting a STEM area at the state fair, uh, oh, bringing I love that. hands-on science activities to other festivals, and then just ended up volunteering with the museum more and more.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, before we jump directly into the eclipse, what you were just talking about, we started with the fact that you're a super space fan. You're now working all the eclipse all the time until that happens, but working backwards, you did lots of STEM. You were doing first robotics. You helped found the Maker Fair. those are all different areas in the STEM and STEAM worlds. Can you talk a little bit about how sort of all of us in the STEM and STEAM worlds love the overlap between all of our areas? You don't have to find another Eclipse or Space Geek. If you're a robotics person, you don't have to find another Robotics Geek. All of the areas of STEM just kind of intermingle with each other.
2: It's one of those funny things of you don't realize how much everything overlaps. It's like I yes. think about music and math and how interconnected oh, they yes, are. Yes, exactly. I love playing with lenses and
1: mm-hmm. humor.
2: I mix a lot of science and humor personally. Okay. You should, right? It
1: makes it more fun. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: I've done this thing called a big face box where you take a Fresnel lens and as you put it up to your face, your face just becomes huge looking and getting <laughs> to talk that. about <laughs> optics at like a state fair with those. All you do is get is people laughing. You get people That's learning. Fantastic! I, whenever you mix the it two, it's so much fun.
1: Oh, That's absolutely. Terrific. Absolutely. OK, so now the big question, because I want to get to this so we can talk about the solar eclipse, is how do we prepare for it? But Maybe we should answer the question because maybe everybody doesn't know. What is a total eclipse first?
2: So a total solar eclipse is when the moon passes directly in front of the sun and completely obscures the sun's disk. Wow.
1: And how long does this last? And does this happen during the day so we can see it? It
2: happens during the day. It only lasts a few minutes. The longest any total solar eclipse can ever be is about seven and a half minutes long. Wow. Uh, This is just due to the distance between the sun, the moon, and the earth, and how we all relate to each other and our positions against each other. We're even lucky enough to get total solar eclipses because the math just works out. That while the sun is 400 times larger, the moon is 400 times closer to us.
1: So Ah, from our perspective on
2: Earth, they are about the exact same size.
1: Wow. Which they in real life clearly are not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very much so.
0: (laughs) So that gives us a beginning lesson on perspective. Right. Just because things appear to be the same size doesn't mean they are. But when you say the moon is going to cover the entire disk of the sun, how come we can still see light when that happens?
2: That is the sun's outer atmosphere or the corona. So you still have all this light coming out around the edges. And actually, one of my favorite things to look for right as we're entering a total solar eclipse and right at the very end is because the moon is not a perfectly smooth sphere there's craters there's yeah. ridges you can see a little bit of light escaping through those in the last couple of seconds before you enter totality
1: wow and the
2: sun's disc is completely blocked and it's called bailey's beads it's this little bit of light dancing along the edges
1: oh my gosh that's that so cool. Is something
0: cool to look for
1: so can you tell us kind of we know that there are specific rules for how you look at an eclipse can you kind of go through those steps For our listeners?
2: Yes. So if you are in the path of totality, which I know not everyone is, but everyone will still get a great view of the eclipse no matter what. Yeah. You should still go outside on April 8th, 2024. And you are going to need a pair of eclipse glasses if you want to look directly at the sun. Okay. These are not sunglasses, but something so much more powerful. These block out just about every bit of light outside, except the sun. So if you were to put these on, you're basically almost putting on a blindfold, but the only thing you can see is the sun.
1: You know, I used those for the toilet or the Harshell eclipse a few months ago in October. And I think that was the first time I ever had a real pair of glasses because I've done the whole pinhole thing, which I'm sure we're going to talk about before. And I put them on and I did not realize that they were like blackout. And I was like, I see nothing. And my son was who's used them was like, Yes, Mom, you have to look at the sun. That's the whole point of them. You can only see the sun. And I was, but it was cloudy, you know, so as the clouds moved, then all of a sudden I could see it. It was so cool. So I'm telling everybody, go get these cool glasses. It's really unique In fact, you
2: should use these not only on the day of the eclipse, but year round on a sunny day. It is a lot of fun to look at the sun. Oh
1: my gosh, I never thought of that
2: one of my favorite things to do is go out around sunset when you can see both the sun and the moon. So you have to get the right days when the moon is fully out and you can go back and forth between looking through the glasses at the sun and looking over at the moon when you take the glasses off and see how close in size they are.
1: Wow. I'll have to
0: try that. So you can do
2: that year round.
0: That sounds fun. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that next time. That is very cool. And I have noticed That when you put the solar glasses on inside, if you happen to have a bright enough light bulb inside your house, you will be able to see just the filament glowing just a little bit in the orange sort of color. But yeah, the glasses are super fun. And a lot of folks do forget, Dan, I truly appreciate that you just said the other 364 days a year they still work to look at the sun because any other time it's not safe. So continuing the preparation, yes, the solar glasses, what else can we do? So let's say we're going to plan on getting or having the solar glasses. What else can we do to be prepared for looking at and enjoying that day in April?
2: So you should think about your location and where the sun should be. Ah, So if you were to find about midway through south-southwest and look about 45 degrees up on the horizon, so about halfway up the sky, you should be able to see where the sun will be. And I want you to think about this ahead of time so that you make sure that there's no trees in the way, that there's no buildings in the way, yes, and think about what type of experience you want. There's tons of festivals out there, or you could go out and be in a park. I want you to start thinking about what you want to look for because not only is looking up at the eclipse a fun thing to do but look around what's going on around you because animals will act differently plants will act differently
1: Ah. and
2: even you'll see some of your family and friends just kind of light up people just start laughing or crying or just being excited about it
1: that that was me i was out in the backyard by myself going where Where is everybody? This is global science happening here, people. (laughs) So you mentioned the path of totality, and I want to go back to that. Can you tell our listeners how they can figure out where that is and maybe if they can go there or how much they can see from where they are?
2: So there's a lot of really good interactive maps out there. I know NASA has uh, one of my favorite maps because it shows the annular eclipse that just took place in 2023 and the 2024 total solar eclipse. The interactive map I use the most is timeanddate.com, where you can actually click on where you live and see the timing of the eclipse. You can see how much of it that you're going to see. And it has lots of fun historical facts as well.
1: Oh, that's really cool. So you guys are going to be in the path of totality. So that means you're going to see it all, right? The whole thing? We're seeing
2: the whole thing. We're seeing from all the partial phases, totality, and all the phases, partial phases at the end.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Okay. So Jen just mentioned that you guys in Rochester are right in that path of totality. Can you spend a couple of minutes talking to all of the other people on that map that are not in that path thinking, oh, well, if I'm not in that path, I'm not going to bother with this.
2: So I was actually in this position back in 2017, where I didn't get to travel to the path of totality. But okay. I still got to see 70% of the sun covered back in 2017 during that's the last cool. big total solar eclipse yeah, in the U.S. that's cool. You're still going to want to go outside. You're still going to want to put on the glasses because it is still a very unusual sight to see a good chunk of the sun just be covered. For some people, it's almost going to look like, imagine a giant bright cookie with like <laughs> almost cartoonish <laughs> bite taken out of it.
1: I love I that. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. So can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing at the Rochester Museum and Science Center? Because you mentioned a bunch of festivals. So give us an idea of what's going to be going on where you are.
2: So we'll be running a festival that covers a multiple couple days, Rock the Eclipse. We're going to have speakers. We're going to have music performers. We're going to have some of the historic tales about the eclipse because every culture has some relationship to eclipses. There's a lot of history involved. We're going to have tons of hands-on demos. One of the things that we started a trend of for uh, 2024 is how we commissioned giant pairs of working eclipse glasses. Uh, we were inspired by wow. the Adler Planetarium back in 2017, and we said, yeah. let's take it up a notch. So we have five pairs of six-foot-wide eclipse glasses. Uh, actually, one of those pairs is eight-foot-wide. Oh, my you can gosh. And actually look at the sun through these things
1: holy cow those are big yeah
2: so this has been a lot of fun we've been traveling with them all summer and just having people look at the sun through these giant glasses
1: oh that sounds yeah we might have to go up there and see through those jeff what do you think
0: Definitely. <laughs> that I totally, sounds fun. I totally want a selfie, but I don't think my arm is long enough, so I'll have to have somebody else hold that camera. Oh,
2: we, we have people who can help out with there that.
0: There you go. There you go. Excellent.
2: We've, we've also been playing with the scale of the sun, the sun, the moon, and the earth. So, like, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, the relationship between all of them. So, we have several 10-foot inflatable suns, and we figured out how cool. big the earth and moon would be against them. So. The Earth is only about an inch in diameter, and the moon is a quarter of an inch.
0: Whoa. That's a mind-blowing thing for families to see. And to see it, too, is really
1: cool, you know, in, in actual kind of specs and everything.
2: Wow. And then we did the math, and we realized, oh, wait, we could do this in scale for distance as well on our grounds. So we have one straight path across our grounds, which is 1,074 feet. Wow. Which is nice. what it would be at that scale.
1: Oh, this sounds really fun. We're going to have to when, visit up there. Yeah.
2: There are some fun things that you can do with math when you apply it to the right thing.
0: Absolutely. Math is fun. Math is really very fun. true. Yes. Jennifer had already mentioned it earlier. Beyond the glasses. Can you get into that pinhole camera? And maybe not necessarily how to make a whole one, but the effect, why that works, And why it works when light goes through, say, the leaves on trees on an eclipse day.
2: Yes. So one of the classic ways outside of eclipse glasses to view a eclipse, and this works for all of the phases of eclipse, is by creating a pinhole projector. So the classic pinhole projector is just, you know, a cardboard box with a small hole in it that you don't look through the box up at the sun. You look at the projection. I want you to think about this works in the same way that a lot of cameras used to work. Or if you're to look at the ground in between the leaves on a nice sunny day, when the leaves are out, I will say it is winter up here in Rochester, (laughs) not as many trees, uh, not as many leaves are out right now, but it's that same light kind of escaping through and just kind of creating this projection. And you Uh can recreate this effect with just about any item imaginable for the eclipse. So in addition to like a cardboard box or your hands, my favorite tool to use is like a colander or a spaghetti oh, strainer. Yes. Oh, that's cool. We, we have dozens of them ready to use for the eclipse. Or I've had one of my other favorite objects is to use Ritz crackers or saltine.
1: Because <laughs> they have
2: small holes in they them. They do. You can have that same projection effect and then eat it afterwards.
1: Well, you have a (laughs) snack. There you go. Yeah,
2: View the eclipse and have your snack. It's a completely green way to view the (laughs) eclipse.
1: I love that. All right. So for our curious listeners, can you explain why eclipses happen and why they only happen certain like every so many years?
2: Yeah. So eclipses happen more often than you would think. There's an eclipse somewhere on Earth about every 18 to 24 months.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. But
2: for any given location to experience an eclipse twice, the average is around 375 to 400 years. Oh. So, I know here in Rochester, we're lucky, where our average is closer to about 100 to 120, but wow. some places might not get to an experience an eclipse for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years
1: so this is a not to be missed event right because you're not going to live until the next one
2: (laughs) the next one in the uh continental (laughs) u.s won't be till 2044 and then one that goes from coast to coast in 2045
1: oh well that's a little closer but you probably have to chase Mm. them right because don't they move it's not always the same path
2: yes so the reason why we have eclipses and why they're a bit more rare is because the axis of the moon around the earth is on a five degree tilt. Okay. So I want you to imagine like a piece of paper and the moon going below it and then above it on that five degree tilt. And every time that it passes that piece of paper,
1: Ah. that is
2: when a eclipse can happen. And depending on the location of the sun and the moon, you could have a lunar eclipse when the earth passes in front of the sun or a solar eclipse when the moon passes in front of the sun compared to us.
0: Ah, I see. I appreciate that explanation. That was terrific. You had already mentioned how all cultures kind of have a relationship to eclipses as time has passed and we've arrived where we are in 2024 now. Do you have a favorite story of past peoples or a civilization? something, a history lesson about a solar eclipse or how a certain peoples looked at solar eclipses?
2: Yeah. So my favorite one is local to me, which is the Haudenosaunee Confederacy in New York State. Ah, So according to oral tradition, the Confederacy where all of the tribes across the region came together and united, is said to have happened under a total solar eclipse. Oh, wow.
1: That's, that's so it's seen okay.
2: as a positive shared event. In some cultures, it's also seen as something to avoid and not go out and look at. Oh uh, I've heard different mythology about different animals. I've heard dragons eating the moon. I've heard huh, okay. uh, other creatures eating the moon and then, or eating the sun and then spitting it back out. There's uh, you can find it across pop culture as well. Uh, I think of a <laughs> Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court, or some people might remember the TV show Avatar, The Last Airbender, where it was a whole plot point. Yes. Uh, in the in the show. It's everywhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's such a big also kind of thing that brings everybody together in you know across the country because there's so many different places that are observing it there's libraries because I know there's libraries where I live that are going to be doing they did stuff for the annual eclipse and they are already planning for the total eclipse just like you even though it's a couple months away everybody's looking at that but can you talk to us a little bit about the weather what do you do if you find out that your day is not going to be great because that's what happened to me in the total eclipse in 2017. I was already, And in comes, I live in Florida, in comes this big old rain cloud. I mean, you didn't even see the sky get darker because it was already dark. It was very depressing. So what do you do if you see you're going to have cloudy skies? So
2: this is funny enough. Probably one of my most asked questions being in uh, upstate New York. Right. In April, we're known for snow around that time of year. It could be a little bit earlier. It could be a little bit later. (laughs) We'll see. We have a 51% chance of sun in the greater Rochester region. But if it is a cloudy day, no matter what, the eclipse is still going to be taking place because we have no control over the placement (laughs) of the sun, the moon, the earth,
0: or the weather.
2: So all of this is completely out of our control. But it will still get dark out if you're in the path of totality. In fact, it Uh, might even seem a little bit darker out, almost as if you were outside at sunrise and it's cloudy out or it's raining. It uh, might feel a little bit darker than it would later in the day when the sun would be up and it's raining.
1: Okay. Well, that's yeah, that's good to know. You can always pop in your car, drive somewhere or flip on the TV because they cover this on some of the channels, too, don't they?
2: You can find it on TV, on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, I know NASA, the Weather Channel. I remember back in 2017, most of the major news stations had live coverage. We tuned into what was it, two or three different live streams during the annular eclipse in 2023. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And they bring out the big names. What I will say about weather is even if it is cloudy out, there, still a slight chance that the clouds will part at the last second. And there's a reason why I say this is back in 2017 at Homestead National Monument, they had 20,000 people out there. Bill Nye, the science guy, was out there. Oh, my God. Might explain 20,000 people. (laughs) And if you're to look at footage from there that day, thunderstorms, heavy rain, and just like the worst of the worst weather. But at the last possible seconds, the clouds parted just enough oh my for gosh. you to see the eclipse. Oh, There's some my great gosh. footage of this there online, cool. and you could just hear people just roar with excitement <laughs> as you're able to see it.
0: That's fantastic. That's wonderful. So, as we're recording, we have some time for you to prepare. What is one thing that you are particularly very excited about? whether it's your moment of seeing or something that you're preparing for the greater Rochester region to experience with you?
2: I think my favorite thing that I'm looking forward to, well, two things come to mind is, A, getting to see everyone so excited and hearing everyone's eclipse stories afterwards. I've been working on this. I joined our local eclipse committee back in 2019. Oh, wow. Uh, So it's been a good couple of years leading up to this (laughs) moment. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Wow.
2: And then my favorite thing that I'm looking forward to is honestly ex- getting to view totality with my wife and daughter. My daughter's yeah. going to be just over 2 years old and getting to ex- see it with her and be excited. Oh, that I'm,
1: is exciting. It, Wonderful.
2: It's a moment I just can't wait for.
1: Oh yeah. So everybody needs to prepare for this. Exactly. All right. So along those lines, we always ask our guests to give our listeners a challenge. So what is your challenge for our listeners, Dan?
2: For all of your listeners, I want you to think about what you could use around your house to make a pinhole viewer for the
0: eclipse. Ah. Do you
1: have any suggestions or do you want them to just look around and see what they have?
2: Look around, think about what you might be able to use that might be a bit unusual, what you might be able to poke holes in. With your parents' permission, I will say that (laughs) up front, I have done enough hands-on activities where I have forgotten to mention that. Think about what you could do with cardboard, think about what type of foods might work, and what you already have that could possibly be a great pinhole viewer.
1: Yeah, I love that. Also, I will add, check with your local library because a lot of the libraries will give away free Eclipse glasses, which is really cool. That's where I got my Eclipse glasses. That's
2: where I got mine back in 2017. We have heavily been partnering with our local libraries.
1: Yeah. And as someone
2: who grew up attending the library a lot. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yes. Plenty of, there's tons of Eclipse books out there as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. So check those out. But oh, my gosh, this has been so awesome. We have learned so much about the upcoming solar eclipse, and we hope everybody, all of you go out and plan to watch it safely. Watch it safely. Right. Thank you so much for being on Solve for Kids, Dan.
2: Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me.
0: And I want to say a quick thank you for sharing. I know it's your job, but sharing all of your enthusiasm about it with as many people as you will in the greater Rochester region. They are all the better for it.
2: It is such an easy thing to get excited <laughs> and get everyone excited about. Everyone under the sun
0: is going to experience this.
1: Awesome, <laughs> love that. Thanks, Dan.
0: Yes, this is absolutely the conversation we needed to have so we can all be prepared to enjoy the eclipse happening the total solar eclipse happening and enjoy it safely and love 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 the challenge no you don't need to spend money don't need to buy a solar telescope don't even need solar sunglasses to be able to view it finding something around the house and i'd be willing to bet a lot of our listeners are going to find more than one thing around the house to use as pinhole cameras what about you jennifer
1: Yes, I think there's lots of ways to see this. I mean, personally, I have the little solar sunglasses, which I will remind all of our listeners, sometimes you can get them for free at your public library. So go there and check it out. But if you can't, making a pinhole projector is so cool because, hello, science, right? It's all (laughs) science. So however you choose to safely watch the solar eclipse, Let us know. We would love to hear from you. Tag us on our social media. We are at KidsSolve at Facebook, X, and Instagram. And don't forget to check out our website, SolveForKids.com, where we'll have directions for how to make a pinhole projector and also book recommendations for kids so they can learn more about the
0: sun. Absolutely doing this safely. Super important. Never, never, never look at the sun without proper equipment. Yes. And... Pay attention to all of the information that's going to be coming out over the next until it happens, because there is so much more to learn than just the experience. Until the 2024 total solar eclipse happens, you will hear Jen and Jeff on Solve It For for kids. Kids!